0: good morning cincinnati and welcome into another edition of the bearcat brunch brought to you as always by our great partners at royal links golf tours have you always wanted to play golf at st andrews have you ever enjoyed that perfect pine of guinness in ireland well with royal links golf tours you can do both they are golf tour specialist offering unforgettable golf experiences in scotland england ireland and wales their custom itineraries are more than golf trips they are immersive cultural and country experiences that will surprise and delight you both on and off the course. Royal Lynx Golf Tours is owned by former Bearcat quarterback Hayden Moore and his partner, UC alum, Jeff Bartholomew. So if you'd like to play St. Andrews or Bally Bunyan, visit their website at RoyalLinksGolfTours.com or call them direct at 770-331-1525. And with that, we are back on a... Another beautiful day. Wouldn't mind being playing some golf right now, actually. Yeah. You know, 60 degrees in, in November. Uh, but uh, we are back to recap what has now become the seventh straight loss by the Cincinnati Bearcats. Falling to the Central Florida Knights 28-26 yesterday at Nippert Stadium. Before we kind of get into it, I do want to say a couple things. The fan base was awesome yesterday. You know, guys turned out. I don't know if it was a true sellout, but it was certainly not a, an empty stadium that we have witnessed in at uh, similar moments in, you know, the last 20 years or so when things aren't going good and you brought some energy. And it was just good to see the, the fans uh, still, still there, still supporting. It's an important thing. I know it's tough, you know, it, it's, you know, it is what it is. You lose seven in a row, It's it makes it harder. But uh, it was it was a very good sign that uh, the Bearcat faithful showed up big time for the guys yesterday. And then to add on to that, had a wonderful tailgate. I mean, the 60-degree and sunny weather obviously helped. But tons of fun. <clears throat> Big-time special guests in Garrett Campbell, who brought some very delicious – uh cookies and cream pudding shots. Ooh. Joel De Blanco was there and Gunner Keel stopped by. had uh, had some good talks with Gunner, told a, a pretty great Tubberville story and we, uh, we we might be efforting a Gunnar Keel special guest appearance on a future uh, BCJ pod. So nice. You know, stay stay tuned for that. Uh, and that was all a great time. And then the game started. So, uh, Jeff, we always do this. Yeah. What was your big takeaway from the uh, Bearcats' loss yesterday?
1: I mean, it's the same every week. Like, although you know what, it wasn't because we did score in the red zone multiple times yesterday.
0: Um, And still still screwed up in the red zone.
1: Well, look, we're looking for the positive things here, Dave. (laughs) And um, I'm trying to go more than, (laughs) well, we just showed up. Hoorah. Hoorah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, like, there's, it's just, they're a good AAC football team that played another good AAC football team yesterday. And, um, you know, hopefully whatever that fire was out of Satterfield after the game, um, maybe sticks around and you know, we can see an upswing here. I mean, it was you know, a two-point game. So.
0: Um, about that, like, save it, okay? I don't need the fire and brimstones after seven straight losses. <laughs> and, and talking about unacceptable and undisciplined, like, it's the same stuff that has plagued them For seven straight weeks, so it clearly isn't that unacceptable. Like, well, my thing is, if if you're going to sit there and go, we're going to get it fixed, and it's going to be a long winter, I'm like, what have what have we been doing then since the middle of September?
1: Well, it's been a miserably long fall, I can tell you that.
0: Like, you're, it's just it kind of falls on deaf ears if you're going to tell me that, like. I mean, and we came into this game knowing 100% that we were not going to have any trouble running the ball. So what do we do on our first fourth and short of the game? We come up with some I'm smarter than you play where the quarterback's going to hide the ball down on the ground and hopefully we're going to slip a guy out for for a completion. Why? Run the ball.
1: Because everybody else had been doing it all day.
0: Like, run run the ball. Texas,
1: Texas had a fun uh Texas is down. really
0: is really good. I know. Like, why are <laughs> Rutgers, we making hey, why are we it. making this so hard? You get the ball down to the two-yard line. Why are we going like you're going to score a touchdown within four plays if you run the ball four times in a row? Why are we trying to go fast? And then and, not get, and letting causing... our guys get lined up, mm-hmm. and like, what what is the point in going fast there? Run the ball.
1: There, there isn't a point. And... Go
0: go down to the goal to the two yard line. Line up. Run the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, you finally you finally like get a little bit of like momentum with a, a nice pass all the way down to the the two yard line, and then it was like. It was like we were in some kind of like speed warp to get up there for no reason when obviously, like you said, handing the ball off, you, they could have handed the ball off to literally anyone on the team and they were going to get yards. Nobody could be stopped yesterday.
0: Yeah. You have two running backs again, go for over hundred yards, average what well, you know, well over, I don't know what it ended up being officially, but like seven ish yards a carry, um, I don't I just I'm like you have this these these same penalties that you have all the time like that's that's not any different. you you know regardless of what happened what was said like Brian threats cannot make contact with an official.
1: Uh, okay, so
0: on that I mean, I, like, I watched the whole thing live.
1: what it looked like on TV to me and and I get it like there's no there's not a gray area there like they when they decide that that's what they're going to throw the flag for like it's over um but like when you watch it back clearly he and I don't even know which UCF player was they're in a a disagreement that's gotten to the point where they're kind of shoving each other back and forth so there there's like some elevated emotions on this play um whatever the official the, the second official comes in from like his blind side and then it's like right in his face and and i know they're allowed to separate people and grab whatever to me it didn't look like it was that egregious and it probably should have been a situation where the official just said hey keep it moving over there he didn't like throw a punch at him he didn't chest bump him i don't know if they're like if he also exchanged words whenever he said that if just that's the case, but you I can't know. touch the official. It, it wasn't, I know.
0: Yeah, I just don't put yourself in that in that spot,
1: right? That, that I mean that that's the easiest way to handle it. But I, I also think that you know there's there's some onus on an official. Like, and I don't like. I mean, the officials this year, I I think across college football and, and most athletics uh, has has tanked pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: they, they um, certainly. Do, I mean, they had a they had a play later on in the game where two different refs called. Through flags, and I don't even know if it was going to be would have been good or bad for UC. But then they both pick him up, and then there's like no penalty at all. I that, that I feel like is a first um, that that I've seen. Was and, that the one
1: where was that the one where Pace took the had? Uh, I think he had. I don't know one of the wide receivers. He had him out of bounds.
0: I I don't know exactly. I just know that a flag came in, and then another one came in later so it couldn't have been the same call so unless, I don't know the flag how I got they... stuck
1: in his pants and he couldn't
0: yeah sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually but... did think the the pace the pace pickup, <laughs> the flag that they threw on pace because they were going to get him for for out like you know a late hit out of bounds right. but they discussed it and picked the flag up and when you watch it back on the replay like and the the announcers even like we're all on the same page he was 100% going to suplex that kid, and it was like at the end of the <laughs> game, like he was going to chuck him. And then I think something kicked in in his mind because he had him, like, up, and then he was like, oh, just laid him yeah, down on the sideline. It,
0: but it, it's just like, yes, the, the passing game was much, you know, better yesterday. But again, I like, 515 yards, 120-whatever more, but they're like – that whole drive, you get down to the two-yard line and then you end up having to kick a field goal because it's fourth and ten from the ten. Mm-hmm. Like it those are empty yards. Like that doesn't matter. Yep. Um, you have two possessions, you know, well in UCF territory in the first half that ended no points of, of interception that I'm still not entirely sure what was going on there. And then the the fourth down play that we talked about earlier where you know when you don't need to be smarter and like trick the other team we still keep trying to trick the other team
1: I was say Brad Smith says why is Satterfield constantly trying to complicate things with his play calling like, if the run is being given to you just do it just do it like like you said don't don't try the the, the fake fumble rooski or whatever just yeah I... hand the ball off.
0: Yeah, we let your guys we,
1: let, let let them go. I mean, Ryan Montgomery was getting anything he wanted all day, and as much his, of it as he wanted.
0: Him and Corey both had yeah excellent games. Like, I, I don't it's know. Shame I'm, that
1: we've got three running backs that are really good. <laughs> it's like we should just one, gone out there in one, a wing tee or something. And
0: yeah, this one kind of just put me in a little bit of a loss of like. You know, you have one running back averaged six yards. Another one averaged fourteen on eight carries. Um, you know, Emory Jones is sixteen for twenty-two. It was clearly it was this was by far his best passing day of recent memory. And yeah, you know, nine point nine yards an attempt is like is practically twice as much as it has been. Um, but yeah, we're still five sacks we don't, for- we don't sack them at all. We don't force any turnovers. We have two turnovers. Like
1: we give up another hundred yard rusher. It almost a 200 yard rusher.
0: It's just, you know, I think that is, that is why it continues to be so maddening is one they're in most of these games. Obviously they, you know, second half of Oklahoma state, notwithstanding in, in Iowa state, but like, they do enough good things to just hang around and lose, and then they do enough maddening things that you know. Post game, Coach Satterfield is talking about like the six to eight plays you know that are deciding these games, and I'm like, well, yeah, but we're we're failing on those six to eight plays every week.
1: In the same, in, it's always been like the same kind of thing.
0: We're we're the high leverages, the fourth and one where you need it. Let's pick this up, go, score a touchdown.
1: Or like, let's stop them on ten, third and long.
0: Be up ten nothing. Like you pick up that fourth down, you go, you score it's ten nothing. Who knows how that plays out? Yeah, it's the same stuff. Yes, the third and longs. John Ray Plumley runs for two first downs on what third and eight and third and eleven. <laughs> you have a. it's the same. That's the you, same you, thing you that happens every
1: week, though. You, you just have change another, the name.
0: Another play where I'm not sure what we're doing on a punt return. Where he does, where Braden Smith doesn't field it and then he jumps on it when it's basically done rolling at the two yard line. I just, I mean, well,
1: not sure is...
0: what is going on there. Then you have a play where you back them up and you stop them on first down. And so they're second and long from inside, they own in five, and you run a corner blitz, which I'm not sure why. And the safety doesn't get over fast enough. And it's just an easy completion yeah. for 35 yards.
1: He wasn't even. He, like, not only did he not get over fast enough, he, he didn't – I don't think he realized his responsibility was over there.
0: That's what I mean, man. Like, like just, just play straight up defense and, and in, I, inside their own five-yard line. Why why do we got to get, like, so cute about it where you're just – yeah, if, that, if you hit that, great. I mean, great, awesome. But the chance – like, you just left yourself incredibly vulnerable to a very easy completion to get them out of bad field position.
1: I mean, and, and you got to think also on top of all that you've, you've got a, a kid back there playing safety that hasn't had a lot of run to my knowledge. I mean, he, yeah. he's back there because threats is out. And then you, then on top of that, it goes back to like overcomplicating things that don't need to be overcomplicated.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if Cal and Carol was the corner in that spot or if it was Jordan Young, it but was
1: Jordan Young, Jordan Young okay. took off like a, like a rocket ship. Into the backfield and uh then yeah, you know it was but, it was easily it, read it was easily yeah, read that was there was see, no one over there and he just flipped did it, see over him and
0: it. Flip it over his head
1: yeah because see like the reason that that used to work so much better is because they were they quarterbacks never even looked to sauce's side to say like i'm gonna throw it over there and so he could you could get away with that couple of seconds where the wide receiver is wide open
0: because mm-hmm.
1: they didn't expect it coming
0: yeah, it's just it's the it's the play play well enough for most of the game to keep yourself in it but never make the crucial play when you need to when it needs to be made to give yourself a win.
1: Yeah. And so that's that's how we find ourselves at at 2 and 7 with no conference wins and uh I, I tend to agree with your uh, with your analysis of like, you know, I don't want to hear I don't want to hear your fire and brimstone speech now. Um, and maybe it maybe it's been happening in the locker room, like maybe they've been, and it's to the point now where like it's so boiled over that like there's nothing else to say at these press conferences. Like there's nothing that they can be like, oh, sure, yeah, well, we and, did and, you know what I mean. And like,
0: and I get it. It's 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 hard, but it's part of the it's part of the gig, man. We're, we're yeah. all these guys, whether it's here another school whatever like you're making a lot of money and you have a lot of you know a lot of responsibility and a lot of spotlight on you and you know the the problem for me is just the continuation of the same the same stuff
1: there's there doesn't seem to be any improvement in, in those areas I mean like yeah you can look at it like a I mean is this a flash in the pan that the the passing game was starting to you know ramp up but then you then you look at it in like at the the end was at the end of the half or whatever when he threw it when he threw his pick yeah and and very clearly like even so even if was it xavier henderson even if he doesn't cut that the other direct cut back in when maybe he was supposed to be going out the ball was still woefully underthrown
0: right it's and, still either a bad bad play call bad execution or both
1: yeah and and we've been talking about that way too much for the last seven weeks. I mean, the first two weeks we were, we were, you know, things were looking, well, first week and a half.
0: Uh, right. I, I mean, it's like <laughs> no one wants to accept, you know, will never accept losing, but there was always yeah. a understood level of this season could be challenging. Yeah, we yeah. don't we don't know what the week in week out grind of playing in the Big Twelve is going to do. We've never done it, and <clears throat> no one could sit here and say they had a real good read on what that what that would truly mean. So that could have always been the case, but there have been far too many times. Yesterday, Baylor, Miami, Ohio, uh, the, the second half of. Iowa State and Oklahoma, State, like far, just far too many times where I'm, I'm left going. I don't really think this is a bunch about the week in week out of uh, the Big Twelve. Uh,
1: it to me could be. uh I don't know, a a little more on, you know, because you're you're past the, well, we had to replace all these people and we had the, you know, we've got new coaches. And, like, when you are repeatedly or seeing the same mistakes made every week and there's no change or, like, okay, that there's, like, a slow climb of improvement in those areas, now you got to start looking and saying, like, well, what's happening at practice? Like, where's where are we at? Are are these guys just that bad? Like, I, I, I don't really want to believe I that they're think, that bad. I
0: don't think so. I don't think bad players rack up 515 exactly. yards.
1: Exactly. So where is the miscommunication <clears throat> on things? And like, why and, is it that every for, week,
0: you know, bad running backs don't run for, you know, whatever ended up being average per carry and, and stuff like that. But there's something's just,
1: not clicking somewhere well for is sure the problem like for, there, for sure
0: it's something's it, not it, clicking. is
1: it you know is it the the game planning is it look but then you like you could say like okay is it the game planning but then you're racking up all these yards but then the like does it come down to just like for whatever reason in the red zone these players can't execute and the coaches can't figure out how to call the right play I,
0: it's yeah, maddening I mean, is what it. Come, are <laughs> There are moments in every in every sporting event, in every game that are winning winning moments. And you either your team either makes the play or they don't. And far too many times they're not making the play or they wouldn't be or they wouldn't have lost seven in a row. Like it's not a you know, and, and Leslie, I'll answer your, your point. I, I agree. Like I'm not a big fan of, you know, booing per se, but like Fans are frustrated. I'm sure the coaches and players are frustrated. They better be frustrated.
1: I think you saw that yesterday because I don't think – because I think from – if you watch, like – and this has kind of been a little bit of a criticism that I've had, is that, like, Satterfield's press conferences have always been kind of a, like, there doesn't seem to be, you know, much emotion one way or the other as far as, like, you know, getting too excited about – like, even in the first two weeks, like, getting really – too excited about things or getting too low on something. But then yesterday you had like, you know, they kind of boiled over, but you know, there, there's yeah, very clearly I mean. obvi- like obvious frustration everywhere. And then you got players that are like, look, like, you know, we're going to do our best to, to keep these young guys in it for the last few. Like, you know, we're not really like, obviously we're not able to get into a bowl game now. So like, we got to make sure that, that you know, people aren't giving up, and not, you know, given they're all here the last few weeks and, and you've got all that going on. It's just not, not exactly what I expected to see out of the season. And like you said, like I knew it was going to be frustrating, but, or could be frustrating, but this is kind of on another level.
0: Right. You know, I I mean, and there's, there's no, I mean, we're not going to come on here and, and sugarcoat it. Um, Like you can't sugarcoat seven losses in a row. We're not going to sit up here and, and try to pretend that things are not going poorly because everybody that comes to us and listens to us would just be, would would not really think we're being honest. And that's, that's not right either. So, um, but yes, I, I agree, man. I don't think any of these, these plays, I mean the one, the week before what was it the against Baylor where Emory and the running back ran into each other and supposedly Peyton Singletary was going to be like, I did that one didn't work. Um, you know, so I think we should run more of the plays that work, especially on short yardage, especially when your <clears throat> running backs have had had a really good ended up having a really good day. Now that was early, but still. Um you know, we we saw a little bit of of I guess a tiny bit of Barry Jackson. I guess I you know one. Out of the backfield, either lined line him up in the backfield, which I thought was a nice play design. Get it to a wide receiver where they're probably, you know, not fully up to tune on what type of a player he is, and putting the wide receiver in the backfield. But then, did he, I mean, did he, he?
1: I don't know if he got back in the game. That, that I'm sure. Good.
0: I'm sure he was out there again. I mean, I'm, yeah. i doubt he played up single play. Um, but you know, more more stuff. I don't know we're, we're clearly grasping at straws but that's what happens when you've lost seven in a row and the same things seem to repeat themselves like we just can't keep talking about the same stuff over and over and over again
1: the other thing that surprised me was and like I, this is not a knock on, on emory from yesterday because i thought he probably played one of the better games he's played uh, all year i just i thought it was just odd that you run, like, Brady out there for, for two series. He really didn't have, I mean, he was three for five for 50 yards, and had, I mean, he had a really nice pass on that last one where, uh, was it, Xavier Henderson fumbled it? Um, yeah. And, and I realized, like, Emory came back in and was, and was doing fine, so, like, obviously, whatever that seems to be working, so leave him in there. Um, I, just, I just thought it was kind of odd to give, like, two series and then, That was it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't,
1: you don't really gain any, like you don't really gain anything. I
0: made my point fairly well known about that situation last week. So, and it really, it's not going to change. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Brady necessarily did anything to, to not just not play the rest of the game. So, you know, it was interesting that they just kept with Emory for the duration um but like you said he played he played fine like he he had i'm sure some of those i'm sure some of those sacks are on on everybody you know all five of those are not going to be on the line it's never that's never the case so i'm sure there's moments where he could have done some things to help help them out in that regard and uh but it like they didn't lose the game because yeah he was six for 16 for 117 yards like like last week and that's not why they lost the game last week either it played a part in it yeah But like you know you i don't know man it's just it's it's very frustrating it's and the frustration i've probably said it too many times already the frustration to me just stems from one that just the continual like short yardage red zone uh cuteness that is not working and i don't understand the necessity to even do in the first place and then just the the fact that we're still here in week 10 i guess it is talking about a lot of the same stuff that we've been talking about since miami oklahoma byu That doesn't, that doesn't paint a a great picture. Like, you know, if you just, if you're not capable of cleaning up and fixing areas that are glaringly deficient that are, that affect you week in and week out, then what are we as a, you know, a group fan, whatever, like, how are we supposed to look at that? It's a rhetorical question, but, like, how are we supposed to look at that?
1: The way we do every week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you have a game next week at Houston. That uh, They have...
1: Get your Red Bulls ready.
0: They have um, been okay. I mean, they... They were totally blanked by Kansas State and then won a crazy, I guess, they were on a crazy finish at Baylor. Um, so they'll at least have some some win momentum behind them. We'll be coming off another loss where we're, you know, who knows what we're going to be questioning in practice and what new guys are going to be elevated or getting increased snaps and, and all that and going on the road. Uh, and then you turn around and you go to West Virginia, who is playing quite well right now and, and the year against Kansas.
1: Yeah. That, that doesn't leave a lot of opportunities for, uh, turning this thing around for momentum going into the long winter. Um, yes,
0: yeah, it's, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long winter apparently.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and I, I thought it was interesting. You said we're going to work with whoever decides to show up in the locker room. Like I, not what that was about but
0: yeah there i mean i i take not a ton in in these situations like you're yeah. you're just coming off the field you're you're very frustrated you you know full well coaches are not going to say what they probably want to say yeah. and and for good reason um yeah, true so you know i'm i'm not like parsing every word of a of a po- of post game comments trying to to find the meaning uh, in them, but the the I mean the the goal is clear. Like there needs to be some some major fixes. I don't know if that means roster. I don't know if that means staff. I don't know if that means how we do things. Because like you know, there's not going to be a, a like we'll just you know Scott Satterfield is not getting fired.
1: No. Definitely so, changing. So there uh, needs
0: a... But you, you know, if you if this continues and you were to be as unfortunate and finish the year with ten straight losses, uh, you can't go into next season without changing something. Well. So.
1: I think that, that probably goes without saying because there's going to at least be at least be a change at quarterback because Emory can't come back.
0: Well, there oh. need, that, that there would need to be a lot more that changes than just that.
1: Right. For exactly. me to feel,
0: for me to feel good about, or have a good sense that things are are going to get cleaned up, and this is going to be a one year really, really frustrating, really unfortunate blip on the radar of, you know, a, a rebound and a, a moving forward of the program. Now that you have a, a better understanding of what you need to compete week in and week out in the Big 12.
1: Yeah, but (laughs) this is, I I thought, I thought that was part of the reason that the coaching search went the way it was was because we were going to be bringing somebody in that already understood what it took to compete at that level week in and week out. Possibly. And, And to be fair, maybe he does, like, he does, and what he would like, you know, he wasn't able to put together some things. I know that that's an excuse, and that you know, we have talked about it before, but you know, when, when things start rolling, when they did, the ability to kind of like have your pick and be able to pick and choose what you want to fill in spots to make sure that you have what you need to compete week in and week out at that level is much much more on like a, a razor's edge of who is available in the portal. And obviously you're not going to, you know, like some recruits that you're going to bring in. Yeah. But you're not bringing in high school kid Like the ability to bring in a high school kid that is going to make an impact immediately. Doesn't happen everywhere all the time. And you're going up against these teams that have established players and can get kids out of the portal at the front end, front end into the portal that are, Already ready to go, right? And then there's the kids that are in the portal that are there for a reason, and it's not because you know they're exceptional at what they do.
0: No, you just got. I mean, the point. Yeah, they'll be. They'll be. This is not the time for for me and and any any thoughts um, about you know big big picture things. There'll be time for that at some point. It's not today, but I mean, you got three games left can you end the losing streak and even if it's a, a shred or a small amount of momentum, is there something is there some switch you can flip? Is there something you can do? Is there some to to kind of get things going into into the off season where you feel like you have the program at least heading in a better direction than where than what it appears to be heading right now like you know and we'll, we'll get to that point and we'll talk about it when we get there uh, but I, I mean i don't have much else to to offer up on you know on this loss
1: no i mean it's like you said it's unfortunately it's more of the same um and i don't know what it's going to take obviously any changes that are, are made aren't going to probably have much of an effect uh, the next next three games, and going to have to be some kind of uh, I think full-on wholesale change rolling into the offseason, maybe preparation, and guys, you know, some come-to-Jesus moments. Uh, yep.
0: But For regardless, sure.
1: we'll be here every Sunday.
0: Heck, yeah. Well, y- you and... uh. You and Aaron, or or you and somebody, are going to have to do the show after uh, the West Virginia game, since I will be traveling back from the game, from Morgantown either. itself. So, we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, we figure uh, that out
1: as it gets closer. But,
0: but yes, so we will. Uh, we will go ahead and then switch it to big. You know, the uh, look around the rest of the Big Twelve slash country um obviously the you know the biggest game that you know had no real effect but conference wise was oklahoma state defeating oklahoma in the last bedlam Edlam game seemed like it was running at the same time as the uc game seemed just like a, a very <clears throat> solid good back and forth uh football like just a good college football game
1: yeah it, like I mean, we we all got the uh, the front row seat to the Ollie Gordon show uh last week and now he uh he had 33 carries for 137 yards and two touchdowns um that's just a solid back right there
0: yep he's uh he's playing playing pretty great right now i think you know there were were there really any i'm trying to see like there weren't really any big upsets were there uh like no one that was in like playoff or playoff adjacent, maybe the Oklahoma, but um do you think Clemson needs to put Tyler from Spartansburg on staff?
1: Is this a is there
0: you, you, you Tyler from Spartanburg, the guy that went at Dabo on his country show the other night? Did you have you not seen that?
1: Was that the was that the one where he, he had his uh, Tommy Tuberville moment of like, you know, you can apply for the job
0: oh yeah i mean he taught, yes and and debo credit, he like he's like tyler went old testament so i went old testament right back at him which is hilarious uh but you know it must have worked because they beat you know beat notre yeah. dame
1: and then but, afterwards he said if there's a if if uh, clemson's a stock you might as well oh. buy all of it up
0: yeah that's that's some old debo talk, talking <laughs> right there Uh, Ohio State struggled with Rutgers, you know, trailing at halftime, ended up winning convincingly Alabama. Buddy, that that game, that game was, here comes the tide.
1: That game was pretty tight uh, for a while. And then there was, uh, then I don't know if it was a a pick or what, but there was one time in the, it was in the second, in the second half where like Alabama just kind of, Swung the momentum their direction, and then just didn't let up. Yeah, Jalen Milrow, the, quarterback. After, but... the, after the game, uh, Nick Saban walked up to Aaron Anderson, who I guess transferred from Alabama. Oh yeah, to told, told him it's, you'd be
0: playing a lot more if you had stayed.
1: Yeah, you'd be playing a lot more if you were here. <laughs> Somebody was like, "Is that not tampering? Is he going back in the portal to go back to Alabama?" Yeah,
0: but J- Jalen Milrow, quarterback for Bama, like twenty carries, one hundred fifty-five yards, four touchdowns.
1: That well see so that game was going on at the same time uh as the Washington USC game.
0: A lot of defense in that one.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. Fifty two to forty two, Washington won that one. Stay uh nine 0 That could have been one. You know that was kind of a little bit back and forth for a while, and then could have been one that knocked somebody out of the uh out of playoff contention, but obviously yeah, Washington I think, was able to.
0: Uh, Texas getting the overtime win against Kansas State. Texas is essentially the only Big 12 team that is still technically in playoff contention at this uh, point. Now that, now that yeah, Oklahoma's that Oklahoma taken lost. two losses, and, and um, I don't really, with Kansas State losing, like they're, Texas is pretty much it. But now you are... I mean, with the the schedule that they have, Oklahoma State ends the year with the three new coming teams. I think we're going to get a a Texas-Oklahoma State conference championship, potentially. Hmm. Because Oklahoma State has UCF, Houston, and BYU to finish in the way they're playing right now. I mean, I wouldn't project them to lose any of those games.
1: Where's Kansas State at? They're four okay, so they're four and two. Yeah, so they would damn it, that was my preseason pick.
0: So uh you know it's the the Mike Gundy possible bounce you know bounce back, big bounce back year. You
1: know, and, and I think you I mean you gotta you gotta root for that over uh one of the teams that is leaving the conference yeah, to, we win really that, so. to win that. So want them to win. Yeah, you know, I don't want to hear any SEC chants coming from the peanut gallery on that one. Uh, Georgia
0: and Missouri was a, uh, I mean, it was. Missouri's feisty. Worried about, yeah. I'm worried about them next week with my balls. Oh. Even though we, we, we took it to the old Yukon Huskies I was going to say, you guys had a pretty stiff
1: challenge yesterday I mean, with those uh, Huskies out there.
0: Yeah. Jim Mora really, really got them going.
1: It was like what fifty nine to three or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that was never in doubt. No. Uh, what else have we got here? How, how,
0: what is in doubt though is our, our old pal did not have a a good showing yesterday, losing to the Hoosiers uh,
1: twenty to fourteen.
0: Ooh.
1: It was... I mean they're they're all they uh, they're calling for his head up there.
0: Allowing uh, two, lost the game where they gave up 261 yards of offense. Lost. Are they are they calling for his head? Oh, there... there there's
1: <laughs> lots of there's lots of uh like fire fickle going on.
0: I certainly don't pay attention, and um, I only to... see
1: it when like people send me screenshots of you know and. It, Obviously, it's it's the same level of irrational fans that are in every fan base. Whenever you know things, right. I, go. they
0: have they have some pretty significant injuries at quarterback and running back. But Indiana is that's a that's a bad look, man.
1: Yeah, that's We're, not
0: that's injuries aside.
1: Shane McMahon's kids out there just <laughs> you know holding up title, holding up title belts and yeah, that's not a that's not good. Who do they have left the rest of the way in? Let's see.
0: Who are we talking? Wisconsin. Oh, probably no one that good because that was kind of why everybody was a little high on them this year was their schedule.
1: Yeah, they've... uh...
0: Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota. Nebraska's playing some good ball until yesterday where they lose at Michigan State to a team that I'm not sure is like even trying right now. And then Iowa, Northwestern, they started did you see that their over under started the week at 29 and a half it was the lowest either the lowest over under starting point or in like X number of years that didn't involve a service academy and it might have been the lowest period uh, and it still went under that it went up as the week went on and they still only scored 24 points
1: what Iowa Northwestern
0: Yeah, it was 17-7 or 17-10, something like that.
1: It was 10-7.
0: Oh, yeah. And they scored scored all of them in the second half. It was 0-0 at halftime. I took the second half over under at 14 and a half for $5, and they still, they they blasted it. I was like, there's no way they're going to go over. And they somehow scored 17.
1: They screwed you.
0: Yeah, they did. I don't like
1: Iowa is somehow seven and two, and I think that they've only scored 10 points all year. Mm-hmm. They, be, I mean, they beat Wisconsin.
0: It, it's incredible. I don't Anybody, anything else uh, from around the nation that caught your eye um, that we need to talk about?
1: Oh, that, we, that we need to talk about? Probably nothing. Uh,
0: Jimbo Fisher in some trouble at A&M, possibly. I mean, Five and four. Not looking good. Arkansas got a, a big win over Florida. Something about Billy not looking hot down there. Wearing, with and the all blacks. Gator fans wearing Crocs and um, <laughs> shorts with pockets on the side. Hey, Florida State
1: pit was pretty close for a minute. Yeah. old Pitt. Uh, we talked about Alabama, LSU. Oh, in the Ole Miss Texas A&M game, did you see the Texas A&M player punch the well, was, Ole was Miss very, guy right? guy? Oh yeah,
0: the- very WWE.
1: That was that was that was that was like a you know like a you know, no disqualification street fight. That's- oh yeah, it
0: was like it was perfect. It was like when they jumped down to their knees and then yeah. the, the huge the huge uppercut.
1: I mean, like, I guess if you're choosing to fight a guy that big, like, that's, that's But, like, probably... you
0: don't think you're going to... No one's going to see that?
1: I know, right? Like, there's no one... Like, it's not in, like, the middle of, like, the line. It was literally out on the outside.
0: Colorado yeah. loses again and has a dreadful offensive performance the same oh, week that they demote their offensive I was coordinator. Say, that's we, it was a I, shocker.
1: I was talking about that uh, last night with uh, my brother-in-law. I said, you know, this is... Like you've got a guy that you, know, you you bring in, he steps down as a head coach to come be your you know offensive coordinator. You've you've had a pretty decent offensive output all year. Uh, they've
0: ever they, they were averaging I want to say thirty-two points a game was their most points they'd averaged in several several years, and and Dion decided that Pat Shermer. Who anybody that follows pro football knows is not good, uh, <laughs> decided that he should be calling the plays. Uh that I think that was the biggest question surrounding Dion and, and his move up was that things had always been pretty easy. Yeah. And when when some real true adversity struck, how was how was the reaction to that going to be? And Basically firing your OC eight games into the season or whatever it is. Uh um,
1: yeah, removing his play calling
0: uh kind of shows uh, you how, how that's gonna go. It although seems I think like he'll there's... probably
1: you think he'll probably give him his play calling duties back next week?
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: That's that's a tough one right there. Uh, Tennessee UConn was we'll in close kansas kansas iowa state tulane east carolina oh eight and one tulane where are we uh where are we at on the uh on the cfp rankings here well uh, Tulane's,
0: would... lanes pretty much got it in the bag if they went out now that air force lost oh shocking loss to army yeah
1: because they didn't Who was that other team uh, james madison isn't even they
0: can't they can't participate though
1: Oh. Right. Yeah, so they do have it pretty well locked up. Because huh? Air Force was up at 17. Um. Oh, that's the AP. poll. Well, they were Air Force was still one behind Tulane. So it was kind of yeah. like a, a race to see who could not screw Sne- it up.
0: A sneaky one to watch next year is coming to the Big 12. And I know they're hard to keep track of because most of their games are, are pretty late. It's Arizona's playing really well. They knocked off... Ranked UCLA yesterday, twenty-seven ten. They beat ranked Oregon State the week before. Like, got got two pretty good quarterbacks. <clears throat> I think they're only playing playing the one. and might be I don't know if he's a true freshman or a redshirt freshman, but Jed Fish is. Uh, I know there were a lot of people that you know had some reactions to him getting hired out there, but so right now at least. They are. They're playing uh, very well. good football.
1: I would like to say this. Credit where credit is due. Okay. The top four in the CFP are Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and FSU. And one person on this show called that perfectly last week, and that was Dave.
0: I mean, <laughs> I appreciate it, but... it. It's not that hard.
1: <laughs> like, well, I mean, I went Michigan, Georgia, OSU, Washington. I know. Which I thought was going to happen, but it didn't. And you were spot on. So, who kudos.
0: Thank you. We'll see. Uh, I don't imagine there'll be much.
1: Much of a change there.
0: Much change yet. Yeah,
1: probably not. I There's think. No, I think.
0: Um, I could see Georgia plays Ole Miss this week. I could see them possibly jumping to one with a with a uh, good showing and a win. And then they, if they don't, if they win, but then they they don't jump to one, I definitely the next week is Tennessee. And if they were to, if they were to go Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, win three those three in a row, they'll be number one at that point
1: uh, And then obviously like Ohio State Michigan is gonna shake itself out um, here in a couple of weeks which you know if it if it stays where it is and Michigan beats Ohio State, you know Ohio State probably still has has the uh, the the old Alabama protection of uh losing as a one towards the end and only dropping down to you know four.
0: Oh, if they nervous. stay at, if they
1: stay at one but like you said like if georgia can do it they you know if they can win these next couple of weeks and they move up to one like then you get in that kind of that uh that scary territory of being number two and then or three potentially depending on how yeah how things go. i mean
0: there, a lot needs to still play out but like a one loss ohio state that doesn't go to the big ten championship because they lost, they would have lost to michigan in this scenario yeah. Like if Oregon let's say Oregon wins out and wins the big twelve, like I would imagine that they would go ahead in ahead of them.
1: Or Washington. I mean you got Washington still, like if they Yeah go all the way through and win the Pac twelve. Um
0: Yeah, one of those two teams if they if they win out and
1: and Florida State being the uh, Florida ACC State representative.
0: Assuming they don't lose. And then you have whoever wins the whoever, you know, Alabama is probably in the driver's seat to play Georgia uh, at this point. So whoever wins that is obviously in. If Georgia were to lose that, then I still think they would be in. Then you'd have Michigan and then you'd have Florida State and. You could have a two SEC, Michigan, FSU, and then you'd have no Pac-12, no Big 12, and then no Ohio State. Well, let's see. Florida Florida
1: State ends their season with Miami, North Alabama, and Florida. Well, Miami lost yesterday to NC State. And Washington ends their season with Utah, Oregon State, Washington State, and then... a. I, w- I would have to think if Washington State wins out versus Florida State winning out, that Washington would have to jump them. They're playing, they're playing two ranked teams in the next two weeks, and then a Pac-12 championship game. If they in this in this yeah, uh, alternate know, universe
0: a rematch against Oregon potentially, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Still a lot to go, but things starting to certainly you know come into focus of who has a real shot and who doesn't. Um we have a NFL game going on right now there was a interception returned for a touchdown by former well, I guess you're an always a Bearcat but Bearcat alum Brian Cook last time I saw the Chiefs were winning 21 nothing um, uh, it's now 21 to 7 um so we uh, we have another I'll um, we'll be att- I'll be attending the Bengals game tonight very excited about that we have a, oh. Another wonderful weather game to go tailgate and hang out. They got out. a second mortgage
1: on the old house to get tickets to that
0: game. Buddy. I, I, now, they still, they still weren't cheap. They still yeah. weren't cheap. But we got standing room only tickets through the Bengals. That only had like $15 in fees on them, unlike the, the yeah. secondary. But uh, still not cheap. But yeah, uh, yeah we were Worth looking it though. When we go to when we grab tickets for random games <clears throat> we typically sit like in the in the upper level, uh probably like twenty five yard line or so, uh first few rows of the upper deck, like good seats. Yeah. Was looking at those earlier this week. Uh that was a cool like six hundred and eighty five dollars.
1: Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Like that's where we used to like uh my wife used to have uh season tickets. Like when I met her, she had season tickets when we once we had kids, we were like, hey, it's kind of difficult to go, and it's expensive to keep these." So, oh yeah, well, but this that's is where funny. we were at. We were we were like the thirty yard line in the in the upper, in the like first couple rows of the upper part there.
0: They have a, a multi year waiting list for season tickets. And oh, they five, do now. F- five years ago, you could have walked down there on game day and given a guy five bucks it, and, and gotten into the stadium.
1: It, when we sold our season ticket, when we had, like when we ended up selling. them, like, you know, because you have to pay for, like, the seat license. Right. So, we're like, hey, we're not going to renew the thing. And they're like, okay, well, you have until this day to sell your seat license and stuff, or else, like, we just take it back. Yeah. Like, you don't even, like, buy it back from us? <laughs> take it back. <laughs> like, so, we we're leasing our seat license. We don't own it. Right. But, and we did. We, like, the, the Bengals took it back. Like, nobody, and people were like, well, ah, we don't want them. Like, no. Like, even at a discounted rate of, like, hey, we'll give it to you for, you know. Nobody wanted anything to do with it, so <laughs> yep. changed.
0: So should should be a fun one. Uh, the Bengals are playing well, no doubt about that. I think mm-hmm. There's some some key injuries on the Bills' defense to it, to keep keep an eye on. Uh, there's but been some uh, there's been but a little it, bit of little it'll bit of,
1: be. Did you see Shady McCoy? What no? What what did he say? He's like they they were they asked him like, you know, who obviously like he's played with Josh Allen, so like it was kind of a silly question, but like like who would you take? Like who do you think is, is better, or whatever? He's like, Man, no disrespect to Joe Burrow. Like I think he's like he's a good quarterback and all this stuff, but like Josh Allen, and you know, he's just on another level, like just <laughs> went on this like five minute rant about it. And I'm like
0: That's fine. Like yeah
1: right exactly like
0: it'll be it'll be funny though. it's uh, i can already feel it like uh if they win a month ago it was you know season's over Burrow's injury willie bounced like what well, and monday morning if they win i guarantee someone that talks about nfl football from like a national perspective will start to ask the question are the bengal's the best team in the nfl after well, my-
1: i can t- tell you that when uh when burrow boyd chase higgins and mixon are all firing right. on all cylinders yeah, they're pretty good they- they're a pretty decent football team a pretty pretty good group they all there was also a question asked uh chase and i don't even know who it was, it was like what this where this interview came from or whatever about like hey would you ever want to play with uh justin jefferson uh again like would you want him to come down to like the Bengals? and he was like man He's like, I probably have to take a little bit of cut. He had to take a little bit of cut, but we could run that back.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, like, no problem.
1: Could, like, could you imagine? Yeah. Not, not that we need improvement in our. Uh, I could,
0: our, I could like, imagine. Weapon category. Also, imagine it not zero per point zero percent chance of of happening. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I think that yeah. about wraps it up. I'm gonna gonna get out and enjoy enjoy this Sunday before we uh, head out to the stadium but thanks again to everybody that joined Brad Ty Mr. Mark Jason I'm sure I'm gonna forget some Leslie Josh Ed you know all of our regulars we really really appreciate it thanks for joining us again on this uh, Sunday morning appreciate you guys jumping in after we had to you know, push back an hour uh, we will be back of course next Sunday 10 a.m to recap what will hopefully be a Bearcats win at Houston. So with that, thank you to Aaron as always, Jeff, and everybody for listening and our great partners at Royal Lynx Golf Tours. Have a great Sunday.